Welcome to another week of Sports Talk with the views from the 573 Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in so much. I am one of your co-hosts, Ryan McDaniel. It's awesome to be back for another week of talking sports with you guys, NFL, college football, NBA, all that good stuff. And joining me today, as he always does on this podcast, my fellow co-host, Peter Lewis. Peter, how are you doing this week? Uh, the, the usual, uh, the work in life, uh, pretty much dead, but hey, you gotta do it. You gotta power through. Yep, you, uh... You... Unlike a certain other person who, uh, is not here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, we had to get Matt on for entertainment. He hasn't been on since July. People thought we you dusted him again, probably. So, it's been... I, I can't keep track of the timelines anymore. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> neither can the Star Wars series, so... <laughs> But speaking of Star Wars, we did a special episode breaking down the trailer, talking about our thoughts and reactions of what we think could happen. We did that on entertainment. You can go check that one out. You can also check out, even though the NBA season's already started, we did our NBA preview. That is out at least at Tuesday. A little special episode for you there. We got some NBA action going on. And we're going to be talking a little about NBA. A couple interesting rookie contracts that have been signed. From, uh, from a few years ago, the class a few years ago, Buddy Hield, Sabonis, DeJounte Murray, and Jalen Brown. We'll also talk about Zion, as he's already hurt. He's out six, eight weeks. We're going to be discussing that. And the NBA, hey, listen, I'm just going to go ahead and leave it off with this. NBA, Peter, we started Ooh. off with Michael Jordan already saying Steph Curry's not a Hall of Famer yet. Um, Magic Johnson already enacting a tampering clause, and I'm surprised he knew what that was, to help defend MJ's case. And then we had a commercial with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to promote Terminator Dark Fate. And if you know the stories about Kawhi and him being called the Terminator, a robot, it, that's awesome. So the, the NBA season is already off to a wild start, and we mentioned this pre-show, uh, Harden and Westbrook are already arguing, so... Happy NBA season, everybody. I swear, it, it just takes one or two games for it to get back on track. <laughs> it's be, it's kind of beautiful. I know it. We're going to be talking college football NFL as we always do. A couple interesting moves made in the NFL by the two undefeated teams. As I believe today was the trade deadline. Since it's we're recording this Thursday, I believe the trade deadline was today. So we'll talk about some of those moves. College football, some of the shakeup and rankings. Wisconsin lost to Lovey freaking Smith. Just amazing. Peter, I know that... Uh, wait, you've had to cut up audio of Lovey at your job, haven't you? Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't there uh, Saturday night oh, or Sunday. Man. So uh, I, I can only imagine how I would have heard a happy Lovey Smith for once, which would have been great. Oh, man. Yeah. And hey, listen, a college kicker didn't fail him, as so many other coaches just a college kicker in general didn't fail, especially from Illinois. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Can't imagine they're getting the number one kicking recruits in the nation. Yeah, and then we're going to lead off with baseball. Before that, again, go check out our entertainment channel and our views channel on all the platforms. Be sure to go follow us keep up with all the action coming from us. So we're going to start off with the World Series, already two games in the books. And Peter, the Nationals, it just seems like the, it's their year. 2-0 already, series lead. Come out and dominated Game 2 last night. We got Game 3 heading to Washington uh, tomorrow night or tonight as this will be, be put out. The Nationals, they have been on a tear since that wildcard play in the game. And 
it's kind of fi- kind of hard to think that they can they'll lose again. Yeah, especially when they got past uh, the un the unbeatable seemingly Garrett Cole. Yeah, and then they just Verlander kept them under control last night. I would say, but it was that a uh, mistake by uh, Bregman in the seventh. The uh, almost a two thousand three NLCS game six situation, except there was no fan interference. It was just the uh, what was it, Alex Ra- Alex Raymond play? Yeah, where he muffled the ball throw into first. Oh. And that just, uh, that started the implosion. That game was long. Yeah. That was a four-hour game. It was miserable. Yeah, according to your Snapchats, you were already three hours in, and it was only the seventh inning. I was, I was terrified I was going to be there past, like, 4 a.m. at one point. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, the Nationals came alive, and, uh, yeah, they, they have a, the lineup right now of uh, Eaton, Rendon, and Suzuki crazy enough, too. I mean, and Zimmerman. The be- the veterans on that team have been there for ages. It's kind of nice. They're getting their moment. And Game 3 uh, tomorrow in uh, Washington, which is going to be hopping, of course. Yeah. Houston's going to bring up Granke, which, you know, that's the uh, tail end of their pretty good rotation right there. But I don't know. It feels like the momentum's just not there. And, uh... Washington will be starting uh, Annabelle Sanchez, who's just been lights out this uh, postseason. Yeah. So, I fully expect the Nationals to go up 3-0. And that might be the... That really could be the end there. I think it will be, to be honest. I just... <laughs> especially with that 7th uh, inning last night. Yeah. That's hard to get past. Especially when you just... You wasted your two starting pitchers' performances. Yeah, and I think... If the Astros win Game Three, I think they're back in it. Oh yeah, because and there's also the potential of a rain delay, which will help Houston, because that means you lose a day, so that means you could get uh, Cole back on track, and you you imagine him, he'll want to make up for Game One and be even better, so that would be good for a game. I don't know six maybe. Yeah. See, there's a lot going there. But as it stands now, it's a it's Washington's to lose. Oh man, I can only imagine how Bryce Harper's feeling right now. Oh my, he said he he said uh, he made the decision for himself. Which okay, you got three hundred million dollars. Congrats, good for you. But if you were one, but you have to imagine if you're playing baseball, you probably want the the pride as well, not just the riches. Right. Yeah. So you could just, but again. The Nationals are probably happy with it because they would not be here with that $300 million contract. Nope. Absolutely not. So this is the best case scenario for them because they have a lot of players that aren't really highly paid right now and are playing well for them. So they could really get through 2020 again like this and not have to worry about paying players till 2021. So that's good for that franchise. Yeah, you know, speaking of Bryce Harper's, team now the Phillies they made a managerial move hiring Joe Girardi of course he's been out for uh, out of the league a couple years he's come he's coming back to manage the Phillies uh Peter you're more the baseball guy than I am uh first reaction to this move it makes sense he's been the biggest name floating around since he uh what was his last year 2017 I think is when the Yankees canned him yeah 2017 and of course, he went to the MLB Network, and 
usually when that it's kind of like a Francona. It's like eventually someone's going to sign him. He's the hottest name there. He's got a World Series under his belt. With the Phillies organization, though, that's my biggest concern because they seem to do good about getting talent and paying for it all of a sudden. But this is once they won that World Series in two thousand nine, it was just a very sad uh, collapse. I mean, you lost the World Series, you lost the NLCS, you lost the division. <laughs> Then you were second, third, fourth, and last. It was a, if you're a Pirates fan, it was beautiful because it made you feel good about yourself for once. (laughs) But yeah, I just, it's kind of like with uh, the Cubs and Madden. Madden's a great manager, but I, the system just never could fit around how he coaches. And that's what I'm worried about the Phillies. But again, they have the talent to make a move. So I'll see what they do. I think spring training will be interesting this time around for the Phillies to see how he uh, handles that situation. And then we had another one with another big franchise with the Cubs. And they go with former catcher from a few year, from a couple years ago, David Ross. And he was working for ESPN. <laughs> and Peter, I don't know what to make of this move. Is Ross a good choice? I think he is. It's just kind of... It's funny to me when Theo in his presser after they fired Madden was like, you know, we're not going to look to the past. We're going to look to the future. It's like you just lied again. <laughs> it's like the story. Because this is going trailers. with the Exactly. You're, you're going with the past. Yeah. Um, I like him. He is a very old school by the books guy. I think he's not a pushover. I don't think he's going to be a yes man. I know that, that was a big concern. I listened to uh, some Cubs talk podcast about the hire for work, and uh, the more they talked about him, I think he could be a good choice. And I'm not too worried about the uh, prospect of, you know, him coaching a lot of the guys he played with, like, you know, Rizzo and all them, because he was only there for two years. Yeah. He went out a champion, so it's not like he was, he actually, he was actually in the, forgot, he was on the Pirates in 2005. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's interesting because he's kind of putting his legacy on the line here. He could have just gone out the World Series champion, the beloved guy. Yeah. But he's going he's going for it, and it's a three-year deal. So, yeah, I, again, it's kind of a thing where he's never coached before, so it's kind of like, well, I don't really know how to <laughs> bring all that together because he's just a wild card. But this seems to be the trend now, and I guess the Cubs – and usually with Theo, he likes to follow trends, so we'll see where that goes. But I don't think it's doom and gloom like a lot of people are making out to be. All right, so that's some baseball talk. Now let's shift over to some basketball news. We had some guys from the rookie class about four, three or four years ago sign their rookie extensions. Of course, since Matt's not here, of course I'm going to lead off with DeJounte Murray. Four years, $64 million. I like that move for the Spurs. It's a very Spurs type of move, Spurs type of contract. And DeJounte, he's coming off an injury last year, and but he's coming back, and he made some improvements the year before. And so I like this move for the Spurs. Sabonis so with the Pacers, four years, $77 million. There was some talk that they might trade him. That That's not going to happen now, four years, $77 million, So he's staying put. Sacramento and Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill made some comments that he, he he's kind of getting – a little bit ticked off with not getting a new deal. I think he, he kind of had to stay there. The Kings kind of needed him. Pair up with De'Aaron Fox. 
King surprised people last year. He's staying there four years, 94 million, uh, 94 million so he's staying there. And Jalen Brown, of course, been mentioned numerous trade talks with getting stars like Paul George, like Anthony Davis. He's staying put in Boston, although he still could be traded. Who knows? Four years, $115 million. Now, I am so – I'm glad that neither my team, who could have been the team that he could have landed on, or somebody else is not going to have to deal with that. That's a whole lot of money. Of course, you're coming off of losing Al Horford and Kyrie Irving, and now you're paying Jalen Brown four years, 115. It's I don't I don't like this deal at all for the Celtics. Uh, maybe would have waited. Maybe there's some. Uh, maybe they wanted to move quickly on this to get this thing done. Not have to worry about it. So who knows? But the big story here, Peter, is Zion Williamson, and of course everybody's so excited to see Zion. And the Pelicans played. The Pelicans, listen, they played pretty well without him on opening night against your Raptors, taking him to overtime. And your Raptors, uh, <laughs> listen, uh, Peter, this would have been you, a guy, a Toronto Raptors fan, had a replica ring, and he had Commissioner Adam Silver present it to him. <laughs> I mean, you should. I waited my whole life for that moment. I'm Yeah, I mean, <laughs> lifelong Raptors fan. I mean, Peter, listen, you got your championship championship ring before Carmelo, Harden, Chris Paul, and Westbrook. <laughs> there you go. I saw uh, apparently Carmelo like texted all the NBA franchise owners and was like just telling them off. It's like he's wonderful. Oh, poor Carmelo. But, uh, what a what a <laughs> So, Zion Williamson, he's going to be out for 6 to 8 weeks with a with a knee injury. And the original determination was knee soreness. And this is one, th- and the Pelicans have come out and said this has, doesn't have to do with how heavy Zion is. I disagree with that. This is one of the concerns people had about him is can he keep playing at 280 pounds at his size? The biggest guy in the NBA, Boban Marjanovic, is 7'3", 280. So he's as big as that dude. For Zion, it's probably best to be cut down to uh, cut down to like two sixty at least. A lean two sixty. He had arthroscopic arthroscopic surgery to help repair a right lateral torn right lateral meniscus. So he's going to be out six eight weeks. So that's going to dampen some excitement for the Pelicans and for the NBA. But Peter, do you agree with me? If Zion, if this is a concern going forward, do you think Zion should probably lose a little bit of that weight? Yeah, I remember when he was at Duke, he had like his uh his shoe blew out and that like sidelined him for pretty much the end of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, he ma- he came back in the end. Yeah, his size, I mean, I kind of see where that would be a concern, but you know, that's kind of like his dominance, why he's so good at the game. So like I say, I'm not the basketball guy by any means. But I, I feel like it should – I'm kind of with you there. I, I don't buy too much into it. It'd probably help a little bit, but nothing extreme, I would say. Yeah. I I, I mean, it, the Pelicans, I, who, who know they got to be careful with him because he is your number one pick. You are playing a lot into this future with him. And all the Lakers cast-offs, which they didn't seem to do too bad on Tuesday night opening night. Well, yeah, they probably don't have LeBron bringing down their neck. That's a – Oh, it's probably good for them. It, it, probably so. They haven't felt like that in a couple years. 
And so now you, Zion's going to be out for the first couple months. So that kind of sucks. So he's going to be out to probably December. So that might be, uh, so probably around January is when we'll get to see him in the new year. Uh, I hate it. I was looking forward very much to him, to seeing him play, seeing that young Pelican squad kind of gel together. So who knows? This this might be a problem that the Pelicans and Zion probably need to look at. But if Zion thinks he can handle it, uh, I, I don't blame him. It's his body. He knows it better than I do. So if he wants to keep on playing at 280 and he doesn't sustain any more injuries, have at it. I think it's just something to be concerned about with how much force he, he would be landing on at 280 at the height he's jumping at. So that's the NBA for you right there. And now let's move on to the, the NFL. We got some NFL trades to talk about here, Peter, because the undefeated teams have made a couple moves here. The Patriots acquiring Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. If, if in case you don't already know, the Falcons tank is on. <laughs> and then Emmanuel Sanders, former Denver Broncos receiver, gets traded to the 49ers. So the two undefeated teams get some help there. And Quandre Diggs, who is a captain on Detroit Lions defense, Gets traded to the Seattle Seahawks, so the Seahawks get some help there. But the Lions players, guys like Darius Slade, Damon Harrison, were outraged at this deal. They did not like this at all. I I can understand, but at the end, they the NFL is a business. So Peter, I guess talking about these two moves, which one helps out those teams more, Sanu to the Patriots or Sanders to the 49ers? Oh, Sanu to the Patriots. It's it's not even close. I mean. Emmanuel Sanders is 32 years old. His numbers have never been crazy impressive. There's only been three seasons where he ever had more than a thousand yards. I mean, his his real his best season was his first in Denver after uh, getting traded from Pittsburgh. Sanu is a guy who I've been very high on for a long time, especially in fantasy. And I think this is the the best uh, opportunity for him. Mostly because obviously you have Tom Brady throwing to you, yeah, and you have a system where it can be workable. Now, now in fairness, Sanu is thirty years old, so you know the age is getting there too. But he's always he's just always showed more flashes of potential brilliance for me. I'm looking up his numbers real quick. Yeah, again, nothing special. Best season, of course, was last year by far. But again, that's. That's a 29, so that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, the Patriots add another Rutgers guy, too. They like their Rutgers players, Peter. That's... <laughs> I think that was... He was probably playing Rutgers the last time they were good. He's 20... Actually, no, wait. That was 2007, 2008? Like, Sanu, the McCourty guys, uh, Logan Ryan. <laughs> okay, yeah. The, the Shiano years, that's right. Rutgers guys over there, so... Uh, rest in peace to the Big East. Never forgotten. Uh, <laughs> I still believe they're without Nikhil Harry, their first-round pick, for a little while longer. Name the rest of their wide receivers. That is- no. I think they had to do this because of uh, Josh Gordon getting hurt and going after the season, which, you know, God, what a tough break for that guy. I, I hate it. I hate it. Getting his, he, I think he finally got his life figured out, and... Unfortunately, this happens, but at least he can say he didn't get suspended. So, yeah, there is a silver lining here. He he did make it, which is good. I think this will. He's he's what twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. And this wasn't. I mean, it's serious enough to cost you the rest of your season, but I think this is something he can come back from and be 
even better for them. So I think Gordon, by no means am I panicking. But going back to Sanders, even though I think he's never been that great, he's always been the guy who's always been behind, you know, A.B. or uh, Demaryius Thomas when they were at their peaks. I still think it's good for the uh, 49ers because they definitely don't really have a clear number one at receiver. Yeah, no. They're kind of it's kind of like a, the Chiefs last year, where how Mahomes just throw at anybody except they don't have you know a Tyreek Hill or a Travis. Well, I, I guess they have a Travis Kelsey and Greg Kittle. I guess I'll be fair there. But yeah, they uh, a lot of weapons to work with here, and you know Godwin's clearly the Tyreek Hill type guy that they just never seem to use like that. Sanders' role, I'm kind of I don't really know what he could do. For them, but I think, again, they just, they just want somebody that can help maybe uh, Garoppolo, even though I don't think he needs it. I, and again, they didn't sell too much for it, so I guess it's kind of just, it, it's more of a, yeah, you, you had to do something, I guess. Listen, you cannot have a shortage of weapons in the, in the NFL. If you if you have a lot of weapons, that that's only good for you because somebody gets hurt, you have another guy that can roll back in, so... And especially in the NFC. Yeah, especially in the NFC, which and especially in that division too. The Seahawks are tough. The Rams bounce back. The Cardinals are not a pushover. No, Cardinals can start making some upsets. I think they're getting there, especially when uh Kirk gets back into the fold with uh, Mur- uh Murray. Yeah, so that's the NFL. Let's take a look at Week Seven. So we were recording last week during Thursday Night Football. We're doing it the same this week right now. Give you guys an update currently. Of course, this game's going to be over by the time you guys listen to it. Vikings 3, Washington 0. Washington's driving, though. Uh, we, we're all picking the Vikings for that one. But going back to Week 7, Chiefs-Broncos, and we mentioned it later on in the pod, I think as we were ending, the news came out that Pat Mahomes got hurt, dislocated knee, and apparently they're going to try to let him practice this week. He's gotten a few reps. Uh, probably at, at most three games, three to four games. Uh, probably not the best idea to rush. That's what Thursday Night Football is. It's just, it feels like everyone's potentially going to be injured and the coaches just start making dumb choices. I don't know what it is. I guess it's in the rules of Thursday Night. <laughs> I, uh, I guess so. Stupid things will happen on Packers. The Packers won the game 42-24. We all went with the Packers there. For the Lions there. Of course, on Johnson, they placed him on the IR. Yeah, they did. I, I feel you there, Peter. I hate my team. <laughs> Me too. And I- oh, my running back situation is a literal nightmare. Yeah. Oh, man. Should actually check if I got my waiver this morning. Probably not. <laughs> so, of course, we get that one wrong. Texans at Colts. The Colts get the... Texans... Uh, we, me and you picked the Texans. Uh, the Colts won 32... Back from an injury in that one, so Colts get the win there. Cardinals at Giants, where you're just talking about the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. 
by the Arizona Cardinals. So, again, they're not looking like a pushover. Not them. Speaking of an NFC West team, the Rams at Falcons for the Falcons, everybody. So, yeah, we all. Saints at Bears. There's reports that Drew Brees, he's wanting to practice this week. He might get to play the week after, but he's coming back. But shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. Big victories here. And they get a game at Chicago, win that no, he he's he's just the worst. I, I know there's not a stat for it, but he's probably leading the NFL, and you got to make that pass. Yeah. I mean, that man is just the vision's off. It, it's like he, it's like he just de-progressed awfully in like one off season. It's amazing because he he looked like he had potential last year, and now we're all looking like idiots. Yeah, yeah, we are. Moving on, the Ravens at Seahawks. Of course, Matt's a happy camper here. His Ravens get the big win at Seattle, 30-16. to We had good Lamar show back up using his arm and his legs. Uh, 143 yards through the air, 116 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Uh, Russell, a touchdown to pick for him, 241 yards passing. And the Seahawks, they moved down to 5-2 and the Ravens. They're five and two. They have control of the AFC North. So shout out to Matt's Ravens for getting the impressive road win at Seattle. So good for them. Eagles at Cowboys. You guys went with the Eagles. I went with the Cowboys, and it's time to be concerned in Philly. It's just time to be confused about the NFC East as a whole. Because <laughs> yeah. last week the Cowboys just looked like absolute trash, and I was like, okay, well, here come the Eagles. They're not much better, but at least they're not stupid. And wow, they went. Really stupid here. Carson Wentz looks like he's playing as North Dakota State against Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was a rough day for Carson Wentz at the office. Uh, Nelson Nelson Aguilar continues his, nah, I don't want to catch that streak. <laughs> it was the best gift ever. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold is seeing some ghosts. I wonder if it's some force ghosts. I swear to whoever is in that front office that approved him to be mic'd up, your rookie quarterback should be fired. A second year quarterback, but even still. He should he should not even be that person's not even good enough for the XFL. Oh. <laughs> that's just dumb. Well, that's one Especially against the Patriots defense, which is just early two thousands good. Yeah. Which uh, I guess that's one name Vince McMahon can cross off his list. <laughs> Supreme. <laughs> Also, uh, wow, Le'Veon, it's like you never left Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Just trash all around. Yeah, not a good day at the office for Le'Veon. It's looking Woo! like much the same. Has he really had a good game this year? Uh, that, I don't know if I can say that he has. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, I bet he's missing an offensive line right now in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, right now, Washington just tied the Vikings three apiece early in the second quarter, so there you go. Uh, and then we have the bonus. What's the specific part of the Star Wars trailer did Peter like? Matt got it right. I guess I got it half right. Yeah, because I was like, I mean, I like the Emperor, but I wasn't too excited. So I was like, eh, here we go. Let's have a point five for the rest of the year for you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who cares? 
I probably got one of my predictions right from what I predicted the trailer, but I just don't care enough because it's the NFL. Listen, Peter, I I looked at that shot of the throne room. Was like, that's exactly how a Peter Lewis throne room or throne room would probably look like. <laughs> it's a ghost world and shit's floating. <laughs> Eight out of seventy. You're only three behind Matt, Peter. You can make a comeback here this week. Yeah, yeah. The Eagles at the Bills. Now the line for this game right now is sitting in favor of Buffalo at. At minus 10. A couple games where we're going on opposite ends of the spectrum. You, you're you going with the Eagles here. Yeah, I got to make up some ground the standing, so might as well go for it. Yeah, <laughs> that was my simple reason. I'm going, for, I'm going with Matt logic here. <laughs> fair enough. And that's college football logic for you people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with the Bills here. The Bills look excellent. Josh Allen has done what he's needed to do. That Bills defense looks awesome. Eagles, I think they still struggle, and they lose this game to Buffalo. Cardinals at Saints. Now, I don't care if it's Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater who's starting this game. The Saints are going to win this game, but I think the Cardinals will give them a little bit of a game. The Saints are only 10-point favorites at home, and that might seem like a big lie, but the Cardinals can stay in it. You and me, Peter, we're going with the Saints here, regardless of who's quarterbacking them. Yeah, I think this is going to be... Uh, Murray's first like game because the Superdome's gonna be super loud. He's gonna be under pressure a lot by the Saints. I think he's just not ready for this. This is gonna be a good wake up call for him as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Or he'll be wishing he went to the Athletics. So yeah, the Cardinals. Listen, like you said, Peter, Kyler Murray first big game, big dome game against a big crowd. I think it's gonna be tough for him. So Saints here to win this game moving on to the next game chargers at bears of course the chargers <laughs> they lose to ryan Tannehill last week <laughs> and melvin gordon what are you doing bud you fumble a couple times at the goal line so uh shout out for the chargers for giving my titans a win uh i guess we needed some confidence with Tannehill in there i don't know uh and they're playing at chicago and this is another game where you and me are making different picks here you're going with the Bears here. I'm going with the Chargers here. I feel like the Chargers are still the better team. But Chicago is a tough place to play. So, Peter, why the Bears here? Uh, When it's two inept teams going against each other, I'll always take who has a better defense, and that's still the Bears at this point. <laughs> also because it seems like Melvin yeah, Gordon and Austin Eckler just hate each other, so that running game is a uh, wild like card. Giants at Lions. Of course, I mentioned the Lions. They are suffering a bunch of injuries right now at the moment. Of course, no carry on Johnson for the running game. So they're going to have to make it do over there. So the Lions, Giants, looking at the line here for this game. Pull it up. That, uh, where, where is this game? Okay. Giants are six point and six and a half point underdogs on the road. I'm going with the Giants here at the Lions, Peter. I think the Lions are suffering too many injuries. And while I still like some of that team, I think the injuries are hurting them. Yeah, who did I pick? Because I don't have my sheet you uh, up. The, you picked the Lions. Okay, yeah. it's It feels like it go any way, really. So I think the Giants are doing much better than we gave them credit for with Danny Dimes. But I still don't, you know, I don't want to buy in just yet. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, it's kind of like a... I feel like I need a season just to get a feel for this. But uh, Saquon's back, yep. right? Saquon's back. You know what? Change me to the Giants. Give me Danny Dimes. Oh, there we go. Uh, 
so <laughs> looking at the next game, of course, we got Panthers at 49ers, and the Panthers, they're still moving along there. Still stringing along wins without Cam. They're, it seems like what Kyle Allen is bringing them. So this is a big game. 49ers still undefeated. Do the Panthers break that undefeated streak this week? No. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Forty Niners, they look so good. Of course, they add Emmanuel Sanders. At, looking at this game right now, the line for this one is in favor. Of course, San Francisco, five and a half point favorites at home. So not too much there. But yeah, I think the Pan the Panthers lose this one. Although. Team still uh, still held up pretty well with Kyle Allen there. 49ers, they stay undefeated. Browns at Patriots. Odell Beckham is giving away goat hair to Tom Brady? Question mark? I don't know. He just, he, let's be real. If you have Baker and Freddie Kitchens on your team, you, you're just doing anything to distract yourself at this point. Yeah, it's at New England. Get The Patriots stay undefeated as well. They're 12 and a half point favorites in this one. Yeah, the, the Browns are just, they're done. <laughs> this is a lost cause. <laughs> Next one, Raiders at Texans. Of course, Texans and Raiders are both coming off of losses last week. I still I like the Texans. I like them to win this game. And the line for this one right now, favored of Houston, 6.5 at home. Yeah, give me the Texans. I think they come back with a win here. Yes. I'm still high on Deshaun. He's going to have those weird games because, you know, it is Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Who pretty much runs the, the franchise at this point. He's he's not just the coach. He's kind of the de facto owner. Yeah. Next game, the Centennial game, which happens to be the Sunday night game as well. Packers at Chiefs. Of course, we mentioned earlier, Pat Mahomes. Let's talk about him maybe having at least a go Sunday. I don't think it's going to happen. And we're going to see Matt Orr out there, which give me the Packers in this one. Yeah, uh, I think what this is like what Super Bowl two or I think it's Super two? Bowl one when I looked at it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, let's see, uh, Matt Moore. He went to oh, he went to Oregon State in two thousand. Wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> undrafted. Yeah, uh, packs packs gonna pack really uh, well, good. The Packers are only three and a half point favorites, so they might still be thinking that it, even with Matt Moore, the Chiefs' offense can still do something, or maybe they're taking into account. Pat Mahomes still, still might make a return even at like 70%. And so, I, I don't know. We'll see if he plays on Sunday. And then the final game, Dolphins at Steelers. Oh, man. How do the Steelers get two bad Monday night games? Because the Steelers are bad this year. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> still going with this. Like, but seriously, who on the schedule when they were making it back in spring was like, you know it's good Monday night football? Steelers, Dolphins. Well, I probably didn't imagine the Steelers would be this terrible. <laughs> Still, it's the Dolphins. Yeah. The Steelers are fourteen point favorites. I will, I will gladly take that. The Dolphins, they're fully embracing the tank. Uh, give me the Steelers here, and probably the only game I feel one hundred percent confident in taking the Steelers. You know, I it, I don't know how to feel about the Chargers anymore. So if last week's matchup, or the a couple weeks ago, I should say, maybe there's hope in this stupid team. <laughs> I mean, I could absolutely. Here's the, I don't think Tomlin's playing down to anyone right now because he kind of knows he doesn't have the justification to come back. 
Like when you had Big Ben, AB, and Le'Veon, like, oh yeah, be down 20 with like five minutes to go. They can do it. <laughs> Here with uh, Juju and I don't know, take your pick who's the number two uh, wide receiver, along with Connor and uh, Rudolph and or uh, Hodges. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think even Mike Tomlin can realize, yeah, probably shouldn't play down a competition here. So, Ellis Brill, even if they did, the Dolphins would actively help the Steelers win. They want that first pick. They are bent on it. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to get it anyway, so you don't have to worry about protections like you do in the NBA. So, yeah, <laughs> they will try to find ways to actively help the Steelers win this game. Listen, they can be the only team to say they had a undefeated season and a winless yeah. season. There you go. There's some silver lining to that. Absolutely. Moving on to college football, guys. We had some. We had some in- big shakeups in the rankings this weekend, didn't we, Peter? Yeah, some were surprising, and some were kind of uh, long overdue at this point. I yeah. would say. So, Wisconsin, of course, that's the biggest one of them all. Undefeated. You lose to Lovey Smith, which, bless Lovey, bless him. He gets the win over Wisconsin. They fall down to 13. Of course, Clemson is not as advertised. Trevor Lawrence has looked struggle. Clemson's still good, but Trevor Lawrence has struggled a little bit out the gate here. Alabama, you're going to be without two and for oh, for at least a week or two. Uh, probably should be coming back for the LSU game. So, I guess we're still a couple weeks away from the playoff rankings. And you and me talked pre-show. I don't think Alabama and Clemson are two are two of the best teams in the country. Yeah, no, the parody's finally here. It only took us, what, five years to get back yeah. to that point? <laughs> yeah, because uh, right now the AP is uh, Bama, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. I almost want to just say... LSU should probably be the number one team in the country. Uh, I would agree with you. At least they've played some tough games. And I would say Ohio State, even though their competition hasn't been... Yeah, toughest game was probably Cincinnati, yeah. let's be real. <laughs> they've they've done their job. They have pretty much blown every team they faced out. So that's probably number two. Bama, well, let's get, let's get to the game this week, Ryan. <laughs> The uh, surprise in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah, yeah, so... Or Neyland. No, it was Neyland. in Tuscaloosa. What? Okay, yeah. yeah. They, okay. they installed LED lights, have a crazy light show, which, uh, surprise, surprise, Alabama folk are excited about basic electricity. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Congrats. Front... I can finally see my sister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's be honest, Peter. It's something, it's something they don't really see that much of. Basic electricity. <laughs> or basic services to begin with. So, that game, of course, you people know how much of a Tennessee fan I am. I expect this to be blown out. And the line was 35, 34 and a half at the very least. And there's, some, of course, Maurer in there, freshman quarterback. But let's be real here. The last freshman quarterback I saw start in Alabama, Josh Dobbs. He was pretty good, I think. Got himself drafted. <laughs> so, he, tur- he turned out fine. So, you come into this game, and Peter, I told you last week. Listen, if Tennessee comes out, plays hard, doesn't act like they're scared of Alabama, can show some improvement, 
some effort, I take that as a win. Did I not say that to you last week? Yeah, probably. You always convince yourself to have some silver lining well, for these games. I Listen, I was expecting this game to be over by the first quarter or at the very latest halftime. And <laughs> l- listen, I was encouraged by the way they played against Georgia, even though they got blown out. There's some encouraging signs. Some encouraging signs against Mississippi State. And you play Alabama. And so this game was nuts. And, of course, Brian Maurer gets knocked out. Garantano comes in there. Tua gets hurt. And we mentioned earlier, he's probably going to be out for at least a week. And they're playing Arkansas at home. So that's a win there. And then they got the big game versus LSU to start off their November schedule. And so we come to that game. And we do exactly what I wanted us to do, and possibly even a little bit more. And it surprised some people. And, of course, the big thing, my gripe was here, is I did not expect to come to this week's podcast and complain about this game a lot. Now, of course, there's going to be some, there's going to be a couple complaints to begin with, because it's me. But, listen... The refs, you know, let's just talk about it. it's ESPN and listen, Peter, ESPN probably knows Bama's going to win this game. But the thing that got me there was it seemed like they were actively rooting for him. And at the end there, when Bama is for sure going to win, I see Tom McShay and the sideline reporter getting ready to celebrate with smoking cigars as the third Saturday in October tradition is. I'm like, Really? Really, there's uh, there's no bias there, guys. And then the referees. Now, listen, there's some bad calls in the South Carolina Florida game. Did you see that video of that uh, Florida touchdown, Peter? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was not good. Listen, you had a false start to begin with on that play too, but the guy just basically holding on to this guy, and when the guy crossed the end zone, just throw him aside, let him go like nothing happened, celebrate, of course. And but in but in the Tennessee game, of course, listen. Some uh, of course, some of the penalties that we made were probably us shooting ourselves in the foot, young team. But there were some that were absolutely bullcrap. And mainly, I'm pointing at that one that was called unnecessary roughness. Now, of course, Matt tweeted back at me. It's like funny they then showed the guy laying on top of him. It was like Matt, you are a Bama lover, all right? Listen, <laughs> if Bama did the same thing. Nobody would be saying anything, but and we do it to Bama. It's like, ah, oh, pull the flag out, pull the flag out. It's a penalty on us. And people act like it, 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 Daryl Taylor, who's a player that got flagged, committed a serious crime, and like committed like triple murder in, Tusk, in Bryant Denny Stadium. He just kind of got off, uh, got off, got himself up, and had to push off the Alabama player to help get himself up. And they called the late flag on it. Of course, there's a couple others when they spend about 10 to 15 seconds figuring out where the ball's lining up when we're in their red zone. And then we shift out to Wildcat. A couple Alabama players look confused. And all of a sudden, the line judge who, Peter, let's talk about the people that of Tennessee that are Tennessee fans. They are invested. They found out last year that a referee in a couple basketball games was a hardcore LSU fan and made some bad calls against Tennessee in the LSU-Tennessee game. What a shock. And so apparently the line judge for this game is a Bama fan. His father-in-law was a Bama fan who has a couple kids going to Bama. 
And so for all of a sudden, a couple of Bama players look confused. The play clock is like down to 13 or 12. All of a sudden, the refs call, call dead ball. And I and Jeremy Crude, our coach, is looking confused. And then Alabama basically knows what, we're, what we were planning on doing. Um, so I was pretty ticked off about that. Of course, the big thing I'm ticked off about was the play call on fourth and goal with Garantano, who seemingly Peter went uh, looked like he went rogue, and of course that was the worst time to go rogue. It seems like they ran the same play on fourth down that they did on third down. They called a no huddle. They ran a couple QB sneaks earlier in the game, so Bama knew what was coming, and so I looked at a play breakdown from this. The two linebackers were crashing down in the middle, and the ends on bo- on both sides were going to crash down too to try to stop the sneak. And so, what the plan was for Tennessee, the guard was going to pull uh, was going to pull out, go uh, go left, block whoever was out there for Bama. You have a fullback lined up, and there was literally a space where Peter, you, me, Matt, Rebecca, and whoever else you can think of would have walked in. But no, instead, <laughs> Garantano goes over the top. Alabama returns it for a hundred-yard touchdown, and that's a twenty-eight-point swing. But hey, listen, Tennessee won the won the spread. Alabama didn't beat us by thirty-five points, and of course, people are complaining about Jeremy Pruitt tugging at the face mask. Which I don't care. Even the recruit's father for us came out and said he's fine with that. And Jimbo Fisher did something much worse a couple of years ago. Let's be real. When you when you make a really dumb call like that, you probably should have a consequence. You, you probably should. <laughs> well, they expect like you tried your best, Johnny. Go back on the silent. Here's a popsicle here's the or something. Thing, though, the uh, Garitano. Ha- There's been a couple times where I've noticed that this year where he does something wrong. He doesn't even look look at Pruitt. He just doesn't care if Pruitt's shooting him out or anything. And so that was probably like <laughs> Pruitt's like, no, you're going to listen to me and listen to me chew you out about why what you did was stupid. And so, listen, it was a much closer game than I thought. Alabama won. I thought there was some bias involved. It might be some bias of my own. SEC refs suck, and not just on my game, but the Florida-South Carolina game. And so, yeah, uh, Bama, I think we exposed some tendencies there. The defense is not as good. There's a couple plays where we actually push Alabama back. And we did not look intimidated by them at all. Where we pushed their offensive lineman back, their defense alignment back. So I don't think this is as strong of an Alabama team, even though their offense with those five, four wide receivers are nuts. Still, though, I'm, I'm with you. I like LSU better. I like Ohio State better. And I like Oklahoma better than Alabama. I like Alabama better than Clemson. So those would be my top five teams right there. I'd probably have LSU at number one, too, based off nobody saw this coming from their offense. Ohio State. Then I would have Oklahoma, like what Jalen Hurts has been doing. Then Alabama. Then Clemson. So, thankfully, we got that game out of the way to begin with, even though we still had a couple games before that. So, Peter, your Penn State Nittany Lions barely won. Uh, You did something else while they were playing, didn't you? Yeah, when the uh, second half began and uh, Hamler did what he does. He ran it back for 100 yards on the opening kickoff and Penn State f***ed themselves by getting two holding calls. I was like, okay, this is where the choke begins. F*** this. 
I want to watch Star Wars Episode 2. <laughs> and uh, I realized Penn State won when my dad downstairs yelled, uh, expletive, yeah, they didn't, they didn't, something amongst those lines, I forget. But I was like, did they actually win this game? So thankfully the wideout is now even, 8-8, eight eight, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. We all picked Penn State to win that one. So, listen, y'all need a win, and <laughs> Hey, Michigan, I, I, listen, like you said, they almost came back, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great for the podcast. <laughs> Two complaints in one. I don't really know what to say. It's just it's what Franklin does. Oh, uh, yeah. He, his, his play calling is get up by 21, get conserved, and have short passes, and then act shocked in the thir- second half when they're, when the opposing team picks up. I was like, how do they know what we're going to do? Because you did it for an entire half, you yeah. idiot. What? <laughs> Yes, Matt Game of the Week. 17, Arizona State at number 13, Utah. Herm lost again. What is going on? He's, is he not God? Well, I guess not. They lost 21-3. to Not a good look for Arizona State. Also, screws over my weekly jackpot pick. Or, yeah, weekly <laughs> jackpot pick. So, Arizona State loses to Utah. Bama won. Uh, Simo at Jacksonville State. Uh, we do not have any faith in our alma mater, Peter. Matt's the only one that does. <laughs> uh, and, and basically, we do not care. But Simo uh, <laughs> ended up beating Jacksonville State there. Harvard won at Holy Cross. Number three, Clemson at LSU. Now, Louisville gave Clemson a little bit of a scare there to begin with. And, hey, Clemson, they did what they do. Lawrence had two early picks. Uh, he fought them off. And got two touchdowns there, so they get the win there. Iowa State at Texas Tech. Matt gets this one right. Iowa State, you and me, pick Texas Tech. West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma boat races them. <laughs> Number nine, Florida at South Carolina. South Carolina was in this for a while. And, of course, there's a couple calls that didn't go their way, which – one of the calls I didn't even mention was an offensive pass interference on Florida that probably should have been called. And, you, Peter, you know those those pick plays that have become a thing now in college football in the NFL? Well, mm-hmm. basically, they were running one of those plays, but their wide receiver, instead of just running around trying to uh, pick a dude and try to get him off, uh, get him off him covering whoever he's covering out for Florida, apparently he's just getting the signs, I'm going to go outright block this dude. And blocks two dudes, inadvertently blocking one, one somebody else. And so, yeah. And so, it should have been called on them, but Florida gets the win there. Uh, South, Southern Miss at Louisiana Tech. We, me and Matt went with Louisiana Tech. You went with Southern Miss. Number 17, Oregon at 25, Washington. Now, this was an entertaining game. And I almost went with you on the Washington train on here last week. <laughs> and Oregon, they get... The big win here, which, of course, they needed to help kind of keep themselves in condition, like if they wanted to make a bid to try to make the playoff. And so this keeps them alive at the moment. Next game, Temple at SMU. SMU, they keep on rolling. I don't know what's going on in SMU, Peter. They're clearly cheating again. They're paying the players again. Only only explanation. Yeah, the penalty again, but ten times worse. Oof. Yeah, where where's the guy who uh, exposed them when you need him? Oh, that's right, he he died. 
<laughs> Moving on to another uh, to a Pac-12 matchup: Baylor at Oklahoma State. I need to stop picking Oklahoma mm, State. Hey, yeah, Baylor won forty-five <laughs> to twenty-seven. So, so Peter went with Oklahoma State. Me, Matt went with Baylor. And fourteen Boise State at BYU. BYU upsets Boise State. Thank God! Now those stupid blue field can go be irrelevant and not have a shot at you know letting us in the final four. No, <laughs> you lost in the Mormons. Twenty-eight to twenty-five was the final score. So hey, I guess my Tennessee team didn't lose to that bad of a BYU team. I guess <laughs> you lost to the nineteen eighty-four champions because they were the only undefeated team. You. <laughs> Look at that way. This after seeing us play at Alabama, you this Tennessee team plays the Tennessee team to start out the season. Oh, they killed them. They killed them. <laughs> it's not even close. This team looks like it gives a crap. Uh, so moving on to week number nine, and of course, the Peter game of the week as we always start out here: six Penn State at Michigan State. Peter, <laughs> you, you going with Michigan State here? Yep. I got. I just know it's gonna happen. I'm not even gonna fight it anymore. <laughs> I don't know why James Franklin against Michigan State. It's like Mike Tomlin playing against you know uh, the Raiders. It's like you should win it, but you choose not to. Oh. Prove me wrong, James. Oh man! So <laughs> until you do, I'm gonna be that fan. Penn State is favored by five and a half, about six here. I could see Michigan State getting the win here, but. Yeah. It's in it's yeah, Eddie's Lansing, it's I know Eddie's that. Lansing, but Peter, I got more faith in your own team than you do. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. Uh, Matt game of the week, twenty four Arizona State at UCLA term. Please get back on track here. He loses a chip, Kelly. I'm giving in. I'm gonna tell Matt you get your your game of the week is now LSU. Yeah. Arizona State is only a three point favorite at UCLA too. Oh, oof. Oh man. Yeah, Herm better win this one. Ryan game of the week, South Carolina at Tennessee. At this Tennessee team that's come out and played against Georgia, Bama, Mississippi State the last three weeks, in which our coach actually said we played Alabama better than the game we actually won against Mississippi State. Listen, South Carolina, I know they upset Georgia. I know they kept it close to Florida. They're probably ticked off with some calls that didn't go their way either. Helensky, he's looked average at best. Of course, he came off an injury a couple weeks ago. And I don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for Tennessee. But right now, I'm looking at our offensive line and defensive line. They've made a significant strides. Offensive line has turned into a plus for us. And the SEC is one in the trenches, and I think that's where we're going to win this game. So give me Tennessee to win this game. I think I put Tennessee on there because, eh, why not? It seems like they got stuff figured out. Where South Carolina is just like, we beat Georgia? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Us? Yep. <laughs> and listen, this is start for Tennessee – if they want to get and get back in a conversation to find a way to make a bowl game, this is where it starts. And if they win this one and push them to three or five, then you got UAB. You got to go at Mizzou. You got to go at Kentucky. Then you got to play Vanderbilt. Those games are winnable. So at the very least, you could go six and six and make a bowl game there. I think that would be an improvement considering where we started the year. So moving on to another UT team, UT Martin at SEMO, the Rowdy game of the week. Peter, I guess you and me should just give in right here. So let's just go SEMO. Until they yeah, lose. Until inevitably use <laughs> fire coach Tuke. Yeah, I don't know anything about UT Martin, so I'm just going to assume SEMO wins. Yeah, Ivy League <laughs> game of the week. 
Why do we keep doing this? <laughs> it's Harvard so dumb. Princeton. I believe Princeton is 5-0 and oh and Harvard is 4-1. and one. We need to pick new teams. There's like Columbia, Cornell, well, Penn. Peter, some of the other teams in, in Ivy League are, just suck. <laughs> we got to be fair, though. It's the Ivy League game of the week. You got to represent. I pick the best one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it ends with the joke of Harvard-Yale. <laughs> That's how it ends. I'm going with Princeton here to get the win. Uh, that's all I know about the Ivy League. Princeton's yep. good. 35 national championships, apparently. Of course I say I have to pick the best team, best team in the Ivy League, and I pick this game that we got coming up next. Liberty at <laughs> Rutgers. I was wondering why you picked this, and then I realized, oh, I guess Liberty's good. <laughs> yeah, Liberty has a pretty good record, and guys, I'm going with the upset here. I'm going with Liberty. <laughs> Is it really an upset? <laughs> that's fair. Fair enough. You know what? Uh, hold on. Okay. I remember uh, Rutgers faced Massachusetts, and they beat them pretty well, right? Well, in a couple weeks, uh, Liberty will face Massachusetts, and they're favored 90 to 10%. So, who knows? Take that into account. I'm going to go for Rutgers. I just... Let's be real. Uh, Liberty's wins are against Hampton and Buffalo. Wow. Not that impressed. <laughs> even even a crap team like Rutgers has to win this. Do they? Unless Greg Schiano's coaching for him. <laughs> Next game, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Early noon game. Wisconsin, of course, coming off a loss. Ohio State is favored by 14 points. I was listening earlier, Peter. Wisconsin, they've done pretty well after coming off a loss here. But we were just discussing how complete of a team Ohio State is. Uh, uh, sorry, Wisconsin. I the listen. Wisconsin's defense is great, so this will be a great battle for Ohio State's offense to see how good they really are. I feel like Ohio State covers here. I think they'll probably get seventeen, about twenty here. So give me Ohio State to win this uh, big Big Ten game against Wisconsin. Sunday when I was walking past the TV, I saw what uh advertised this game as four versus six. I was like, oh, a week ago this sounded like a good yeah. game. And now she's like, eh, it could be. You, I can imagine Wisconsin want to yeah. get some respect back, but I think Ohio State gets passed here, and after that, their toughest opponent is going to be Penn State and maybe Michigan, but Michigan looks lost. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oklahoma at Kansas State is our next game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a 23, about 24-point favorite on the road. And Oklahoma's going to roll here. Uh, sorry, Kansas State. <laughs> Moving on. Another big game. Auburn. Number nine, Auburn. At number two, LSU. Battle of the Tigers. The quote at Orgeron. Yeah. Welcome to Death Valley, where dreams come to die. I hope game day's there. I... I can't imagine. They'll probably... Who knows? They'll probably be somewhere stupid. Oh, no way. Michigan and Notre Dame. Oh, for... Why? <laughs> this is why ESPN's failing. I mean, uh, re rebounding, trying new things. <laughs> I mean, they were certainly trying new things in the Tennessee-Bama game. Yeah. <laughs> Joining in on the celebration. <laughs> I haven't seen that before. Oh, oh yeah. That, uh, game back in hand. Give me LSU. Yeah. I like Auburn, but this is, a, this is an LSU team that might actually beat 
Bama for yeah, once. I, I think they got a good shot. I I really like this LSU team. Uh, next game, 15 Texas at TCU. Texas is only a one-point favorite. I'm looking at ESPN right now, so I'm not looking at the usual Vegas stuff. So about a one-point favorite, probably somewhere around there, around one, two points. That's surprising. TCU is 3-3, but Texas did almost lose to Kansas. Not just Kansas, left miles yeah. Kansas. Uh, I'll take the Horns because they have a they have a namesake. Yeah, <laughs> and TCU really doesn't. But yeah, I don't know. Give me Texas. It's the Big Twelve. They're done. Another <laughs> they Big no Twelve hope. game, Peter. I thought you said you were going to stop picking Oklahoma State. Yeah, I got. Listen, I'm going to do it until I get Oklahoma it right. Oklahoma State at number twenty three. Iowa State. I'm. I'm going Woo! to Iowa State here to get the home win. They're favored by ten and a half, so that tells you what people think of Iowa State. Maybe if the Oklahoma State mascot actually uses the gun for real, <laughs> maybe Oklahoma State can do something. Oh, listen, I'm just listen, just wound them. <laughs> I know this country people are sick and want blood, but just wound them. Maybe they can get a guy named Racing Mood off or somebody back there, <laughs> and his uh. Friend uh, Johnny Lincoln, yeah, maybe somebody like that. <laughs> See, it's a or Wayne's Joshington yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I was going for play with the presidents, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, uh, but yeah, I'm going with Iowa State here to win this Big Twelve matchup. UCF at Temple. UCF doesn't have a number next to their name. It's weird because they're yeah, frauds. They are, but and guess what, Peter? They're frauds to me this week. I got Temple winning. Did I put Temple no, you winning? Got UCF winning. Oh, put Temple there. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, oh, I was probably going for a, a joke about Temple, but yeah, I've done it enough. Eight Notre Dame at number nineteen Michigan. Of course, this is game game day is at. <laughs> oh man, this is the game where Harbaugh's gonna kill himself at the end. Notre Dame wins. I listen. Uh, and, uh, there was a rumor this week that he was. Uh, trying to get out to go back to the NFL. And I was like, I'm glad he shot down because it's for real. What NFL team would want Jim Harbaugh who can't even win in college? Well, listen, he's done actually pretty well in a tough Big Ten compared to other Michigan coaches. Yeah, but again, Michigan has this the expectations to live up to. L- <laughs> like, if this, if this was Purdue, he would have a statue by now. <laughs> yeah, he would. But Michigan, they have the, uh, it's kind of like Penn State. We, we won national championship, but if you're not giving it to us, why are you here? Yeah. So, listen, I think the biggest, craziest thing is somebody saying, you know what, I would rather watch Star Wars Episode Two over Michigan, maybe making a comeback over Penn State. <laughs> that's got to be, to them, that's got to be the greatest insult to them. This week I'll probably watch episode one instead of that game. <laughs> so moving on to the... Uh, so I got Michigan... I No, I got Notre Dame winning in that game. So Notre Dame, they get the road win there. Uh, I better I better have written Notre Dame on that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, California at number 12. Utah, of course, Utah beat our beloved Herm. They're moving on up. Utah and Oregon are giving the Pac-12 some hope into maybe making themselves... Some headway into the playoff conversation. I got Utah in here. Their defense is legit. 
They got some nice offensive weapons. And listen, they're holding teams to low, low scores, and they did it to Herman, Arizona State. So give me the Utah Utes this week. They set, they get another win here, and they move on up in the rankings. Uh, yeah, Utah's really the only hope at this point. I think their schedule's pretty workable from here on out. Yeah, Washington, UCLA, Arizona, Colorado. Yeah, they could, with the, with the exception of that really dumb USC loss, they could be 11-1. And then the final game, Washington State at number 11, Oregon. Rest in peace, Mike Leach. You had a, you had a good run here. Yeah, those uh, those ducks in their dumb uniforms will probably win yeah, this. I, I got Oregon winning this one. And then last couple of things here. Bonus prices, right rules, how many points are going to be scored combined in Liberty at Rutgers. Peter, you went with 40. I have no faith in these two teams at all. I, I went 30, and that even seems a little bit too much. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I just want to put three just to see what happens. <laughs> I, let's be real. I'll probably forget it. This is the worst game to watch yeah. all week. <laughs> this is... There are some bad Division Three games, probably, and even they'll be there in this dumpster yep. fire. Because at least Division Three has an excuse yeah. to be bad. And then the final category, weekly jackpot, any cost football game, was the exact final score. Peter, what is your weekly jackpot this week? Pretty sure it's Penn State's game. It, and I think I did something like Michigan State 27-28, Penn State, say, 21. Michigan State 27, Penn State 23. You know what, that makes sense, because Penn State would find themselves in a situation where they have to get yeah. a touchdown. And this week's weekly jackpot is worth 25 points. <laughs> no one's ever going to get it. My... And if they do, it's going to be like 150 points. <laughs> watch how watch how Matt wins college football again. Didn't he, like, is he, like, one point behind now? <laughs> I'm taking a look at it. Yeah, he's one point behind you. <laughs> I'm pulling a James Franklin here. <laughs> hey, it's only in your brand, Peter. It's only... It fits brand-wise, so... What can I say? I'm not elite. I shouldn't believe I'm elite, so don't play like it. Matt, that's how Matt is going to win college football again, by getting the 150-point weekly jackpot. <laughs> oh, why did we make this so stupid? That's like, that's like two years yeah. away, though. Uh, LSU... My weekly jackpot, LSU... 38, Auburn 24. I don't think LSU's going to get 40, but I think they'll be close enough. I think Auburn will put up a fight here. I could see them scoring 24. Their defense is pretty good, but listen, this LSU offense has reworked itself to where you're you're probably wanting uh, – Odell and Jarvis Landry are probably like, hey, can we come back to college and get our year of eligibility back? So I got LSU 20, uh, 34 to 24 against Auburn. And my weekly jackpot. That's going to do it for college football. And that's going to do it for this week's show, everybody. Peter, where can people find you at on social media? At the actual Peter. Surprised that uh, was open when I made my Twitter. <laughs> and, Still can't believe it. Me at RyanBoost573. And check out, guys, our Star Wars trailer discussion on the Entertainment Channel. Go check that one out on all the platforms. Give us a follow on all of them as well, whichever your preference is. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. Have a happy day, have happy Saturday and Sunday watching some college football and NFL. 
happy the NBA is finally back. Let's see if the Nationals can keep this up. So that'll be fun to watch game four or game three tonight. Because when this is going to be up, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow. We got game three. And then I'm assuming we got game four on Saturday or Sunday. So who knows? Depending by this time next week, the World Series might be over. So be sure to enjoy that as much as you can. Uh, Bryce Harper, be sure to enjoy the World Series. Uh, I know I know you'll probably enjoy watching this. So that'll do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next time.